Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Daniel chapter 2, verse number 42. The Bible says, And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Um, and actually, let, let, let's back up one. Let, let, no, let's keep reading. Verse number 43. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay. So we get that. There's this mixing. And then it says, they shall mingle. Who's the they? That's the iron. The iron shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Who's the seed of men? That would be clay here in Daniel chapter 2. So you have iron and clay and mixing together. Uh, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And what we have here in Daniel chapter 2 is a prophetic look forward to what the last kingdom is going to look like on earth before the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, uh, comes back to earth before he comes again. Okay, so we see that we see that iron and that clay. Now back up to verse number 40, because I want to I want to key in on one word here. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. Where does that word bruise take your mind back to? That be Genesis chapter number three. So let's go there. Let's go to Genesis chapter number three. So we looked at this iron mixing with clay, this last kingdom, and this mingling here with iron and clay. And we, we're going to tie all this in together at the end of the message. But if you've been listening any length of time, you have some context. But in Genesis chapter 3, look at verse number 14. Watch what it says. And the Lord God said unto the serpent. Who would the serpent be? That'd be Satan. Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. What does the serpent who is Satan? have according to genesis chapter 3 verse 15 a seed a seed so you have so far satan that serpent and then you have thy seed that would be satan's seed uh, and her seed it shall bruise thy head christ is going to bruise the head of the serpent and guess what else will be bruised and thou shalt bruise his heel. 
if he's going to bruise the serpent, by default, what else is being bruised? Thy seed. Thy seed. You got Satan and you have Satan's seed. That bruising that we saw in Daniel chapter number two. That is going to be a bruising of the seed of Satan. And we're, we, we're going we're gonna to start to see this uh, as this message opens itself up. And so let's open it up in 2 Peter chapter number 2. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter. <coughs> chapter number 2. We have three different events that it's referenced in verse 4 and verse 5 and verse 6 in 2 Peter chapter 2. God groups them together to give us some insight. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, look at verse number 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's the first event. The angels that sinned. Everybody got that, right? Watch the second event in verse number five. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Well, verse five is pretty obvious. The next event would be that's referenced here is Noah's flood. So we have the angels that sinned, verse four. Verse number five, we have Noah's flood. Now watch what we have in verse six. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. Delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. So what do we have? Sodom and Gomorrah in verse number six. So three different events. God groups them together. So let's take this first event, which was what? Verse number four. What were we looking at? The angels that sin. So let's go to Matthew chapter 25. I want to make a stop there. And I'd like you to get your place in Jude chapter number six. Matthew 25. We did a whole thing on Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. It's all online. You can listen to that if you've missed any of those lessons. We're going to do a brief overview, uh, but get Jude and get Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, we'll start at verse number 31. The Bible says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels, not fallen angels, not angels that sinned. We're talking about holy angels in Matthew 25, verse 31. Uh, with him, and then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory. Well, where's his throne now? It's it's in heaven. But as his second coming, when he comes, there's going to be a throne on earth. So what's happening in Matthew 25 is on earth. By the way, the angels, uh, it, it, when we're, the rapture in First Thessalonians 4, there's no mention of 
angels. There's a voice of the archangel, and that'd be Michael. There's that voice, but there's no mention of angels. But at his second coming, we have the mentioning of angels. At the rapture, the Lord does the gathering, and the meeting is in the air. No mention of angels, just Michael, the, that, that voice, the voice of the archangel. At his second coming, the angels will do the gathering, not the Lord. So there's just some simple distinctions between the rapture of the church, meeting in the air, and the second coming of Christ is when he comes to earth. Um, okay, so where were we? Okay, so his throne, when he comes, it's going to be on the earth. This is earth stuff in Matthew 25. Look at verse 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. So this is a national judgment that's going to happen on earth. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left, verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, two things. There has always been and will always be a fight for the kingdom. Those The, the angel came and tempted Eve. God gave them dominion. He took dominion. He wants the kingdom. This here is a kingdom on earth, and it is no reference to going to heaven. It doesn't say inherit heaven or going to heaven. This is talking about a kingdom that's prepared for you from the foundation of the world, it says, and it's on earth. It's Christ's kingdom on earth. How is a leader of a nation going to be judged? Based on these next verses. For I was in hunger and he gave me meat. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. I was a stranger and he took me in. Naked and he clothed me. I was sick and he visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer unto him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, and as much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. This has nothing to do with doing good works to get to heaven, because heaven is not mentioned in this chapter. It's a kingdom on earth. That's what Matthew 25 is about. And if you are a leader during the time of Jacob's trouble, if you are a national leader, you will be rewarded by God with admittance into his kingdom based on how you treated his brethren. That makes sense. I said all that to get to this verse. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the non-elect. Now, you know as well as I do, it doesn't say the non-elect. Who did God prepare hell for? 
the devil and the devil's angels. We said all that in Matthew 25 to get to that verse. Hell was prepared. What do we read about? Holy angels? We've got the devil who has unholy, fallen, rebellious angels. And God prepared a place for them to go. Jude chapter number six. Or Jude verse six. Jude verse six. The Bible says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. So we have a difference between a first estate and own habitation. Their first estate, that was, that was the position given them by God. But they were cast down, and but left their own habitation. That's their dwelling place, so a distinction there. Watch what it says at the end of the verse. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, in Jude verse 6, who's hell prepared for? The devil and the devil's angels, right? In Jude verse 6, does it say, and all the angels? No, it says, and the angels. In Second Peter 2, did it say all the angels sin? No, it said the angels that sin. Remember, we read back in Job 38. We'll look at it in a minute here. But it says, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Who are the sons of God? We went through all that last week and we're keying in on. The angels right now, when God laid the earth, they all shouted for joy, but they all didn't sin and they all didn't fall. And I'm going to propose to you tonight, they all didn't leave their habitation. Some of them were left. Well, let's go to Isaiah chapter. Well, I got this note here. In Genesis 3. The serpent goes to who? The woman. The woman. And for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. The sons of gods. Remember that term that we ran last week? Now, whether I'm speculating or whether I'm assuming too much into the text, I don't know. But Eve didn't seem to be confused about what the temptation was when she heard, be as gods. And that temptation from that old serpent was an attempt to take over a kingdom. And you know what God did? Well, you know what Adam and Eve did? They relinquished dominion, and God temporarily gave Satan dominion. Ye shall be as gods. Now, Isaiah chapter number 14. Go to Isaiah chapter number 14. 
verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? When God created Lucifer, I'll read you Job 38. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, what did we say last week? The sons of God references um, at the time of creation, sinless. When Lucifer and those angels were created, and in Job 38, when all those sons of God, when all those angels are rejoicing, at the time of their creation, they were sinless. But there was a fall before there was a fall of mankind. There was a fall of Lucifer. There was a fall of angels. They're not holy angels. They're fallen, rebellious angels. But at the time they were created, they were sinless. When God created the earth, Lucifer was there. If he's cast down in verse number 12, and he's cut down to the ground, where does he end up? Where do they end up? On the earth. You have sons of God on the earth. Those would be fallen angels um, for thou hast said in thine heart I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north when the word of the Lord came to uh, unto Ezekiel guess where the whirlwind came out of the north he was fallen. He's down. He's on the earth. And to reach the north, to reach God, he has got to, verse number 14, he's got to ascend above the heights of the clouds. He's got to go past the clouds. Uh, verse number 14, uh, he will, he, uh, verse number 13, he will, he will have to go above the stars of God. And watch what it says in verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds in order to get to heaven. I will ascend into heaven. What does he got to do? He's got to go past clouds. He's got to go past stars to be able to get to the north. Where is he? To me, it looks like he can only be on, on one geographical location. Earth. Everybody get that from Isaiah? When Lucifer fell, and he, and, and he takes those fallen angels with him, and he ends up on earth, Remember we looked at that Jude 6 passage? 
you have angels. God prepared a place, right? And you have Jude 6, they're in everlasting chains, right? We looked at that. I don't think all of them went up. Because it doesn't say all of them went up. But the ones that did, those fallen angels, they were cast. But what if some lingered around? You get the Genesis 3. Serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall be as gods. So what are we trying to tie in? Second Peter chapter number two. What did we see in the fourth verse? We see we saw those the angels that sinned, right? The angels that sinned. And then next, we talked about what? Noah's flood. So let's go to Genesis 6 and see if we can make some tie-ins. Bring this all together. Genesis chapter number six. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. See that sons of God. We talked about who they were last week. Angels. Those sons of God. Saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they choose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, but that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Verse four, there were giants in the earth in those days. How were there giants in the earth? Because they all didn't try to ascend. Some of them lingered around on the earth. And now by the time you get to Genesis six. You have some mingling together, these angels, these fallen angels with the daughters of men. They bear children to them. Same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. We looked at last week. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. That every imagination of thoughts, heart was evil. Continually repented of the Lord. They had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. Now, here's here's the interesting part of the verse. And I know we've read this a hundred times. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. It's not a timeline. Generation in the Bible, when it's showing up, especially in this context, is a race of people. Noah's generation is being listed here. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. That word is mentioned again. And Noah walked with God, not the sons of God, not those angels, those fallen angels. Noah walked with God and Noah's generation, Noah's race of people the Bible says was just and was perfect. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, except Noah wasn't. His seed was not corrupted. 
his seed was pure and had no intermingling with the sons of God and the daughters of men in Noah's line. That is why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He believed God, but that's why Noah was pointed out here in this chapter. And you know why God's destroying the earth with the flood? Because of the giants. And how did the giants come about? The sons of God mingling with the daughters of men. And God's not about to let that happen. And so he wiped them all out. What did we say was the third? We saw the angels that sinned in 2 Peter 2. And then we saw Noah's flood. And now the last thing that was listed was Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess what's going to show up? Before God rains down fire and brimstone in Genesis 19. Well, let's go to Genesis 14 and we'll find out. Genesis 14, verse number one. And it came to pass in the days of Amphrophel, the king of Shinar. That's where Nimrod, the mighty hunter, began his kingdom. In Genesis 10, it says, and the beginning of his kingdom, that's Nimrod was Babel and Eric and Akkad and and Calneh in the land of Shinar. He's a bad dude. Look what it says. Ariok, king of Elisar, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations. Those four are going to battle, verse number two, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, Shinad, king of Adma, and Shemaber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar. So you've got your first major world war happening in Genesis 14, verses 1 and verses number 2. Look at verse 3. All these were joined together in the valley of Siddim, which is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served. Lamar in the 13th year they rebel remember we looked at last on Sunday we talked about how old was Ishmael when he got circumcised 13 Solomon how, how long did he he, he, he spent what uh, seven years in the temple how long did he take to build his own house 13 years in the book of Mark when it talks about You know how many things are listed that defile a man? Thirteen. It represents rebellion, and we see it here. In the thirteenth year, they rebel. Now watch this. And in the fourth year came Chedor Leomar and the kings that were with him and smote, watch this, the Rephians. Who are they? They're the giants. It's another word. For giants. And guess where they are? In Ashtaroth Carnium. Ashtaroth, it's named in honor of Astarte, a false female deity. In Judges 2.13, it was Israel. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth.
You want to find out what dwelt in Ashtaroth? Let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter number one. Look at Deuteronomy one. Find out who dwells in Ashtaroth. Deuteronomy chapter one, verse number four. Deuteronomy 1, verse number 4. After he had slain Shehan, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Ashtaroth, in Edriah, who dwelt in Ashtaroth. Og. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's go and find out who Og is. Go to Joshua. Keep flipping forward. You'll come to the book of Joshua. Go to the 12th chapter. Joshua chapter number 12. Joshua 12. Look at verse number 4. And the coast of Og, king of Bashan, which was of the remnant of the giants. That dwelt, guess where? At Ashtaroth. You know what you got going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? Giants are on the earth. Giants. They're showing up again. They showed up at the flood. Showed up at in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, let's go back to our Genesis passage. Genesis 14, we are in. And let's look at verse. Okay, where where are we? Okay. Verse number five, and smote the refumes and Ashtra Carnium. That word carnium means two horns. In the book of Amos, it says, Ye which rejoice in a thing of naught, that's idol worship, a thing of naught, it's just an idol, it's nothing, uh, which say, Have we taken to us horns by our own strength they were getting their so-called strength from idol worship jeremiah 48 the bible says the horn of moab is cut off in psalm 75 all the horns of the wicked also will i cut off it's a reference to idolatry in this context so we see carnium ashtaroth carnium it's idol worship and then we see and the zuzims we don't have much about the Zuzims, do we? In Ham, and then we have the Emmons in Shiva Kiriathium. Who are these Zuzims? It's another race of giants. He said, I don't believe you. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. Let's get the second chapter. Deuteronomy chapter number two. Deuteronomy 2, verse number 20. Deuteronomy 2, verse 20. That also was accounted a land of giants. Giants dwelt therein in old time. And the Amorites called them, guess what they called them? Zanzumans. You got your Zumans right there in Deuteronomy chapter 2. You know what these Zumans are? 
giants. And before God rains fire and brimstone down, you had so much sexual immorality happen all, happening. God is not going to allow these fallen angels, these sons of God, to have their way. And so he's going to rain fire and brimstone down. Go back to Genesis chapter number 14 because we saw one, one other one. The Emmons. See that in verse number five? And the Zuzims. We talked about the Zuzims in Deuteronomy 2. They're giants. And then the Emmons. Uh, see, should have told you to hold your place in Deuteronomy 2. Go back there and look at verse number 10. And we'll see the Emmons. You know who they are? Another race. Of giants, Deuteronomy chapter number two, verse number 10. The Emmons dwelt therein in times past, a people great and many and tall as the Anakims, which also were accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites called them Emmons. So that land of Emmons, by the time you get to Deuteronomy chapter two, the Moabites are taking that land. They are now inhabiting that land. But we see the Emmons and the Zumans and the Repiums are all a race of giants. And you know where they are? On the earth. How'd they get there? The sons of God mingling with the daughters of men. That's how they got there. Now Lot was spared and Noah and his family were spared. But God wiped them out. God wiped them out. Genesis 3, it says, you shall be as gods. The flood of Noah's day. The Bible says giants in the earth in those days. Sodom and Gomorrah. We, we looked at the Rephians. We looked at the Zuzims. And we looked at the Emmons. And what are they all? A race of what? Giants. You've got giants. Now, remember, when God calls angels the sons of God, it's a reference to when they were created, they were sinless. We did that lesson last week. When they fell, obviously they're rebellious. But nonetheless, they were there in Job 38 singing praises to the Lord. But they fell. They fell. And they were cast um, go to Genesis 2 and Matthew 22. A few more passages and we'll wrap this up. At Matthew 22. Genesis chapter number 2. And verse number 24. The Bible says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they, that's the man and the woman, very clearly shall be one flesh. We know all the standard teaching regarding this, and we believe all the standard teaching. God made a man and a woman, and that's it. 
to come together, one man, one woman for life. That's God's ideal plan. And you don't get yourself into trouble. These daughters, these that are fair to look at, and these sons of sons of God, these angels, these fallen angels. These daughters are disobeying God's command, and that's why they got themselves in a pickle. And that's how you got giants on the earth. That was one of the reasons God said, man and woman, that's it. And you'll be one what? Flesh. God did not want half flesh, half angelic. He only wanted one flesh. And that's it. Uh, Genesis 5. Genesis 5. You know how they were one flesh? Male and female created he them. And blessed them. And that's how you're blessed by God. If you keep marriage as male and female. Not male and male. Not female and female. Not all this perverted, diabolic, satanic stuff. And called their name. It's a male and a female. They're blessed by God, but now God says he called their name, that's two, Adam. The man and the woman got one name, Adam, signifying one flesh. That's how God wants it. So if you're married, stay married. You're one flesh. And that's the way that God wants it. Amen. The way God wants it. Amen. Where did I ask you to turn? Matthew 22, right? Let's look at that one. There's an objection. Well, it's not really angels because angels. Uh, look at Matthew 22. Watch what it says in verse 30. Bible says, verse 30, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven, in heaven. Because the angels of God in heaven, well, angels are male figures. And if they're male figures and if they're in heaven, well, that's a no brainer. But you have fallen angels that come down as males looking to intermingle with the daughters of men. So there's no contradiction there. Um, and that's why you don't have the one flesh with that intermingling. You have half angelic and you have half flesh and you get giants. That's what you get. Hebrews 13. This is a, isn't this, don't you wish you had more on this verse? You want to talk, a, talk about a strange visit. Hebrews 13. It's one man, one woman for life and just keep it that way and nobody gets themselves into trouble. And, and you're better off marrying a Christian that's born again, not rolling the dice and trying to do this missionary dating and you're going to convert your Okay, well, you better just hope that if you try that, you don't end up, verse number two, Hebrews 13, 
Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entered entertain angels unawares. You know what that verse means? They didn't even know they were entertaining an angel. That's a weird verse. But watch what follows. Verse number three. Remember them that are in bonds is bound with them and them which suffer for adversity and being yourselves also in the body. Now here's the verse. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. It's very curious to me that angels, based upon the verses we just looked at, you don't even know if it's an, you didn't even know it was an angel you're entertaining. And then he goes on two verses later and says, the marriage bed is undefiled. That's the only time where you have angels and marriage interlinked like that. And I can't help but think that God's trying to get a hold of us and say, you know what? It's one flesh. It's one man, one woman, and that's it. And that marriage bed is undefiled. What are the fallen angels' plans to do? Well, blood of Noah's day, God wiped them out because they were intermingling with the daughters of men. Before he rains fire and brimstone in Sodom and Gomorrah, you got the same problem. You got the same problem. God's serious when he says, you stick with what I say. All right, we need Matthew 24 and Daniel 2, and we'll close on these two verses. Matthew 24 and Daniel, go back to Daniel. Matthew 24, watch what it says in verse number 37. But as the days of Noe were, that be Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What happened in the days of Noah? There were giants on the earth. And he destroyed it. What's going to happen at his second coming? Before his stone kingdom smashes all of the other kingdoms. There's going to be giants on the earth. There's going to be the they mingling with the seed of man, woman. And that Daniel 2 verses 40 through 43. That mingling, that seed. It's the same idea. It's the same idea. And it says, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving a marriage till the day that Noah entered in the ark. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of man be. Daniel 2, we started there, we'll finish there. Look what it says in verse number 42. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they, 
that's that sons of God, that, that's that seed, shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. You're going to have a satanic seed mingling with a seed of man. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. You know what he's going to do? He's not going to flood the earth. He's not going to rain down fire and brimstone on the earth. What he is going to do, he's going to break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. All throughout that, you have God destroying the seed of the serpent. And how it started is how it's going to end. And he's going to smash those kingdoms. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.